Organizational development, ODD, is different from human resource management, HRM. HRM, or just HR, is the discipline that defines what management should do to get the best from their people across the employment cycle. This is shown as a cycle from when an employee enters a firm at recruitment and leaves at termination. The HR cycle. This employment cycle, managed by HRM, sustains a status quo and evolves central HR activities. It aims for an established state of affairs to realize certain organizational outcomes like turnover, profit, safety and quality. HR activities are often wrongly assumed by HR professionals to be a suite of best practice policies and procedures. Best practice wrongly assumes that all firms and organizations are the same. Each activity must instead embrace appropriate practice based on what the firm is trying to achieve. Each HR practice must be based on evidence of what works for that firm and its objectives. This point can be amplified by considering each of the activities in turn above and considering how the activity would differ for different types of organization. Strategic HR is then concerned with how each of these discrete activities can be changed and improved to support strategy. If any one of these discrete activities fails, one or more odd interventions will be needed to reset the maintenance process. Learn more about HR, read our latest book, Because Your People Matter. Organizational Development, on the other hand, contains all the management activity that causes change to that status quo. This is shown below. The Odd Framework Odd begins with the development of strategy, the mission, values and vision of the organization, and goes on to define the various activities needed to achieve those. Odd activity are completely dependent on the firm and its objectives. Odd outcomes take more time to realize. Each activity is specifically crafted to achieve part of the desired outcome. And each is interlinked. The technology that a worker uses can be changed. But whether they can exploit it depends on their personal human characteristics. As a result, jobs may need to be redesigned or new staff hired and systems of work modified. As a result of the bespoke nature of odd and how the many activities are interdependent, the discipline makes extensive use of modeling. Learn more about odd, read our latest book, Because Your People Matter. The ultimate outcome of odd is change that in turn yields achievement of the strategy. Once change is embedded, HERM takes over to stabilize outcomes. What's the difference between human resources and organizational development? What's the difference between human resources and organizational development? Being part of a consulting firm that focuses on people analytics and organization development, I am often asked to explain the precise differences between organizational development, ODD, and human resources, HR. Both functions deal with people, right? So, many naturally assume they do the same thing. Yet, there are more differences than similarities in how human resource functions relate to organization development. Since I have yet to find a satisfactory explanation that would help someone understand the differences in a meaningful way, here is my feeble attempt to clarify what is a pretty murky area. Historically, human resources professionals were primarily concerned with the efficient management of the employment process, from recruitment to termination. HR also focused on helping the organization comply with governmental regulations and in mitigating employment-related risks. Thus, HR found itself acting in a support role to the other business units. Consequently, HR's culture was mostly transactional and utilitarian in nature. And, HR was very process and compliance-oriented in its thinking. What is organizational development? Organizational development, on the other hand, 
was created as a way of applying behavioral science to help organizations improve individuals and systems. Odd's goal is to help people function better within an organizational context. At its heart, organizational development is supposed to represent purposeful and meaningful change for the better. An odd practitioner uses two primary tools in his or her work colon one. Assessments two. Interventions unlike a traditional HR professional, you won't find an odd professional looking at checklists and manuals. Instead, they are interested in data and research. In my view, organizational development has more in common with leadership and management theory than it does with HR's risk managing legacy. Here is a partial list of the different roles that were frequently handled by HR and odd in the past. Organizational development sought to improve organizational effectiveness while adhering to the organization's culture and values, maximize employees' potential, and help them amplify their contributions in furtherance of the organization's success. Assess what is happening within an organization and then conduct an intervention to try and create positive change. Align human behavior with the organization's strategy, structures, processes, business objectives, and so on. Help promote the organization's values throughout the workplace. Human Resources was concerned with Managing the hiring, retention, and performance processes Mitigating employment-related risks Ensuring legal compliance Confirming there is enough equity and diversity Enforcing policies and procedures Reducing labor costs Promoting workplace health and safety Although not comprehensive, this list should give one a pretty good feel for the basic historical differences that existed between organizational development and human resources. Over the past several years, Management experts have started advocating for a shift towards strategic HR a focus on making HR a business partner that provides business solutions and strategies, not just compliance services. This advice has taken root in many companies, and the focus on creating a strategic HR department is now quite common. In fact, we see most companies talking about strategic HR as opposed to supporting an internal odd department. I am not necessarily sure why the notion of a strategic HR function has proven to be more popular within the business community. My own personal theory is that HR professionals were always receptive to the contributions Odd was making. With the new mandate that they offer strategic advice, it was natural that HR professionals would turn to Odd as source of inspiration and solutions. Then, rather than having to rely on a few believing executives to advance Odd's cause, I found itself being supported by thousands of HR professionals who started carrying the odd torch. Blurred lines between organizational development and human resources. The upshot of this history is that a blurring of the lines has taken place between organizational development and human resources. Now that the lines are blurred, the real question is what should the odd community do about it? Should we go back to a world with more rigid boundaries? HR professionals have already shown they are ready to merge the two functions. But, is that necessarily the right answer? On one hand, the odd community could fight to keep its turf. Or, alternatively, odd practitioners could focus on teaching, promoting, and developing odd principles, which are then made available to all type of business professionals. In other words, instead of fighting to keep odd as a separate business function practiced by a select few, Odd practitioners could fight to keep odd as a distinct and recognizable business discipline that is used by many. In my view, the concept of strategic HR is here to stay, and I applaud that fact. Our goal should be to improve the people side of business, regardless of who is helping to advance that cause. So, in my opinion, a battle over whether businesses should maintain inelastic boundaries between HR and odd is somewhat futile. 
rather than trying to segregate things by who does what, the better course is to make sure that practitioners understand and appreciate when they are applying odd to solve a problem and what problems require an odd solution as opposed to an HR solution. The employee experience, attract, retain, and engage. Organization development has the power to dramatically improve companies and the well-being of their employees. For that reason alone, odd deserves real attention by business leaders. But, there is also a strong business case that supports odd. In today's modern service economy, the ability to win is dependent more on how an organization's talent performs than on historical factors such as market share, access to raw materials, or logistical prowess. In the 21st century, winning organizations will be those that build an effective employee experience that helps them attract, retain, and engage the right talent. In my view, the case for odd is strong, but I am ambivalent about who gets to use odd. For us, we want all HR leaders and business professionals to apply odd concepts wherever possible. For most of us in the odd community, we are comfortable if the line between HR and odd stays blurred but only if we do a good job of making sure practitioners have a clear understanding of how to use odd principles, tools, techniques, concepts, and processes. Rather than fighting for the sanctity of the odd department, the winning strategy, in my opinion, is to fight for the sanctity of odd as a well-used and well-practiced business discipline. Organizational Development versus Human Resources, Know the Difference, Arcoro HR How You Manage Your Employee Processes, from hiring to helping them grow, can either fall under human resources, organizational development or both. For example, recruitment and compliance fall under human resources yet performance management is also considered to be a type of organization development. So many similarities exist between organizational development and human resources that they are often considered close cousins, but there are some definite differences between the two. What is organizational development? Organizational development, as defined in Thomas G. Cummings and Christopher G. Worley's book Organization Development and Change, uses behavioral science to develop, improve and reinforce strategies, structures and processes in order to advance overall organizational effectiveness. Organizational development is a tough subject to understand and conquer. Think of it this way, organizational development uses facts and figures from science-based processes to implement change at a company. Have consistently high operating costs? Analyze benefit and payroll costs and make deductions where necessary. The organizational development process is anything but try it out and see what happens. Instead, odd practitioners use scientific findings to create a structured and controlled process. It is all about data and testing to make sure any and all outcomes reflect the original intent or goal. Organizational development can be used to implement company-wide organizational change or simply applied to one location or even a single department. What's the goal of organizational development? Organizational development is all about creating change that makes a company more effective. Change can be measured by financial performance, customer satisfaction, organizational member engagement and an increased capacity to renew the business. Each company measures success a little differently. While one may be focused on making more money, another may use organizational development to improve company culture or promote company values throughout the workplace. According to Digital HR Tech, if there could be one central goal of organizational development, it would be increasing competitiveness. Competitive advantage is what makes a company's goods or services superior to all other customer options. Organizational development can help companies win within their marketplaces. Examples of organizational development
Cummings and Worley's book dedicates chapters to examples of organizational development. The book breaks down the examples, otherwise known as techniques or interventions, into different categories including human process interventions, technostructural interventions, human resource management interventions and strategic change interventions. Below is a brief synopsis of each. Human process interventions. Human process interventions fall into two categories, personal or group approaches and organizational approaches. Interpersonal and group process approaches include process consultation, third-party interventions, and team building. Process consultation helps the group understand, diagnose and improve their behaviors. Third-party interventions focus on dysfunctional interpersonal conflict. Team building helps teams perform tasks better and ensures group goals are clear. Organizational approaches include organizational problem-solving, leadership, visioning and task-oriented accomplishments between groups. These approaches help organizations encourage their employees to identify and confront pressing issues. Organizational approaches also include conflict resolution and large group interventions which allow a variety of stakeholders to interact simultaneously. Technostructural interventions. Technostructural interventions are change programs that focus on the technology and structure of an organization. These programs include structural designs, which move away from traditional ways of dividing a company's work, like functional, divisional and matrix structures, to more integrative and flexible forms, like customer-centric and network structures. Companies diagnose their issues before determining which structure is appropriate. For example, a technostructural approach might be downsizing, whether through layoffs, restructuring and or outsourcing to reduce costs. Technostructural interventions also include total quality management or continuous process improvement, work design, i.e., aligning jobs to be efficient and provide the maximum amount of satisfaction and also job enrichment. Human resource management interventions. Human resource management interventions look at the way employees are managed, typically through performance management, employee development, benefits management and diversity. Performance management deals with regular performance reviews. Employee development offers training to employees to improve their work or further their careers. Benefits management includes health and wellness benefits. Diversity interventions focus on increasing diversity in the workplace including gender, race, age, sexual orientation, disabilities, veteran status and culture. Strategic change interventions. Strategic change interventions center around transforming an organization or changing its basic character. These revolutionary interventions go beyond making small improvements and instead focus on changing the way the company views itself and its environment. Strategic change interventions include transformational change, continuous change and transorganizational change. Transformational change involves changing how the company is structured and the way it operates. Continuous change occurs over time and transorganizational change includes change with mergers, acquisitions and strategic networking, according to Digital HR Tech. What is Human Resources? The purpose of a Human Resources Department is to manage the employee process, from hiring to termination. Those processes can include recruitment, hiring, onboarding, payroll, compensation, time and attendance, benefits and performance management, development and succession planning. And what's more is HR must perform all of these processes while making sure the company maintains compliance, whether that compliance needs to occur pre or post hire. HR is also the primary factor in eliminating employee risk, either by reducing turnover, 
adhering to Fair Labor Standards Act requirements of offering fair compensation. What's the goal of HR? The goal of HR is to hire, manage and grow your employees. But more than that, good HR processes handle these tasks easily and efficiently, reducing strain on your staff and your employees. Easily recruit new employees while maintaining hiring compliance. An applicant tracking system, ATS, can target a diverse group of applicants by automatically posting job listings on multiple job boards. HR departments can use it to track who applies, essential for those employers who abide by equal employment opportunity regulations. An ATS can also automatically add EEO taglines and keep records of every applicant, vital information in the event of an audit by the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, OFCCP. Get employees on the job faster, while ensuring legal compliance. Onboarding should be efficient and allow new employees to upload their personal information, including W-2 information, while reading and signing off on employee handbooks, ensuring legal compliance is met for each and every hire. Reduce paperwork while quickly and accurately producing paychecks. Cloud-based payroll and time and attendance seamlessly work together to quickly provide accurate paychecks to employees. Time and attendance tracks when and where hourly employees work, so not only can employers monitor labor costs, but there's never a question if overtime is due. Every non-exempt employee must be paid time and a half for any time worked over 40 hours per week, per the FLSA, the time and attendance system updates payroll in real time, so staff are never waiting for paper timesheets to start the process. Payroll has accurate information, that's been signed off by employees, to quickly process weekly, bi-weekly, bi-monthly or monthly pay. Reduce turnover risk with competitive pay.HR departments that utilize compensation management have the ability to stay competitive by offering wages that reflect the market while rewarding high performers, helping to keep employees engaged and reducing turnover. HR can use the software to assess the potential impact of pay changes to company budgets and streamline compensation decisions across an organization. Offer transparency on government-mandated health insurance. HR can simplify open enrollment by allowing employees access to plan options. Employees update their own life changes, adding or removing deductions, so employers don't have to stress about updating information themselves. A good benefits management system should also maintain compliance by taking the confusion out of employee eligibility and offering reporting features for the Affordable Care Act, ACA. Keep employees engaged while enforcing policies and procedures. HR is directly involved in growing an organization's employee base with performance management and development. Regular performance reviews give managers and employees the ability to set and track goals. These one-on-ones also offer valuable feedback from the employee about their position and future with the company. Learning management not only keeps workplaces safe by requiring certification renewals but also updates employees on changes in company policies and procedures. Update the company's work-from-home policy last year? Alert employees to access the updated policy in their LMS, read and sign off on completion. Regular development also helps organizations fill any skills gaps at the company. How odd an HR relate or overlap? Organizational development and human resources often get confused because they tend to overlap when it comes to employee management. Performance management, employee development, and benefits management all tend to fall on human resources' shoulders. This area of employee management is also directly related to company goals. Strategic goals, i.e., increased production, increased sales and lower costs, are all created, 
managed and promoted through performance management, development and benefits. Consider if a company's organizational development team wants to implement technostructural interventions to its production line. Employers will need to use development initiatives to train employees on new job alignments. Or, if odd practitioners want to implement team-building interventions, performance management provides 360-degree feedback so managers can get a sense of how teams work together. Improving diversity is also part of HR's scope. Recruiting a more diverse pool of candidates requires HR to reach out to job boards that target minorities as well as offering employee rewards for minority referrals. HR can use development procedures to train employees on behaviors and language that are racist or intolerant. Diversity can also be used in future team building, recruitment, and retention plans. Organizational development is not easy, and we've just barely introduced the topic. The Cummings and Worley book on the subject is nearly 800 pages if that's any indication of its complexity. Whether or not your company chooses to focus on organization development, it inevitably will overlap with human resources, which is where Arcoro comes in. Human Resources versus Organizational Development, Hashtag Mustred Human Resources versus Organizational Development, are these two terms for the same thing? Actually, no. Between them, these two departments handle everything from recruitment to change management. While related, we'll see that both of them provide different business solutions. Human resources versus organizational development, how different are they? Human resources, HR, is the department that manages employment processes. They handle a variety of functions related to employment, employee engagement, training, and separation. One way of looking at it is to think of HR as the manager of employment processes. This department handles hiring, onboarding, firing, recruitment, employment-related governmental compliance, organizational development, UD, on the other hand, fosters organizational change, growth, and development initiatives. In terms of its organizational duties, its job is to ensure that the organization makes progress. Since companies are dynamic and ever-changing, odd is very important. It is a permanent function in many businesses. Odd is often in charge of change management and leadership, professional development, team development, talent management and development. To name just a few, odd may be included within HR or it may be a department of its own. Organization development is a similar sounding term, but it's also a bit different. It refers to the design and changing of an organization itself. This field focuses on macro-level organization changes. Odd, however, is concerned with bottom-up development. Like HR, it works with individual people, teams, and departments. It often implements and manages organization-wide changes that are ongoing business processes. As we can see, HR and Odd aren't exactly the same. The functions of the two departments are connected and often support one another but the duties are clearly distinct. However, even large organizations can blur the lines between HR and ODD. Some companies assign ODD duties to HR personnel. Some place the ODD department within HR. And some have separate HR and ODD departments. A match made in heaven? Or somewhere else? Some professionals are happy to blur the lines and take on both HR and ODD work. But is it the right thing to do? Some feel that there could be risks to too much overlap. After all, the HR mindset is managerial in nature, while Odd is more interested in extending boundaries. 
Certain tasks are more suited to HR, such as professional development. Other tasks, such as change management tasks, fall under odds umbrella. While others, such as training, could be a coin toss. Let's look at a few odd tasks that may fall outside the scope of HR. HR and odd, a peek under the hood. Below are just a few of the business functions mentioned earlier. By examining some of them in detail, we can get a better idea of where odd and HR differ and where they cover the same ground. Professional development. Professional development is typically an HR function that supports odd. It is focused on providing individuals and teams with career development skills. This helps employees grow, but, insofar as employees continue at the company, it helps organizational growth. It can include Continuing employee education Skills development Software training Certifications and career education These functions are often handled by HR. But because they develop an organization and help employees make progress, it can be considered as odd support. For many smaller firms, this function is included as part of HR. Larger firms may have a separate department within HR or included as a separate department altogether. Change management and leadership. When businesses undergo transition, transformation, realignment, or cultural change, change leadership is required. Please include attribution to GothamCulture.com with this graphic. Infographic source, Gotham Culture. Since change management's purpose is the development and transformation of an entire organization, it is almost always directed by business leaders and change leaders change leaders. These positions often call upon HR, odd, or both to implement change procedures. As with every other business function mentioned here, the scale of the organization often dictates which department is responsible. Larger companies, for instance, may have dedicated change management departments. Smaller organizations may delegate change responsibilities to other departments. Employee onboarding. Employee hiring, onboarding, and training are often handled by HR. The onboarding process includes training, orientation, acclimation and integration. Onboarding occurs when new employees are hired, transferred, or when major changes take place. A similar term, user onboarding, is used for software orientation and training. This is distinct, but occurs frequently in today's digital workplace. HR may work with IT to handle this process. Offboarding is the opposite of onboarding. When an employee leaves a company, HR handles the separation process. HR is responsible, in this case, for helping the employee share expertise as they leave the company. HR also assists with any paperwork, documentation, severance packages, and other termination procedures. Conclusion, HR and odd, two peas in a pod. After close examination, it is clear that human resources and organizational development perform different functions within an organization. Both roles overlap and support other business processes, ranging from employment processes to change management. Each department is critical when it comes to employee engagement, workforce development, and business development. What is the difference between organizational development and human resources? Dash best colleges online. Many people consider organizational development to be a subdiscipline of human resources. Others consider them to be two different disciplines. While it is true that both odd and HR deal with the role of humans within a company, they are different in a number of ways. Ranking, 
Top 30 Most Affordable Masters in Organizational Development Degrees Online Different Focuses While human resources may handle issues within a company such as employee complaints about harassment or discrimination, one of the main focuses of human resources is to make sure the company is following all local, state and federal regulations and to protect the company from liability. Human resources also deals with looking at how employee efforts can be maximized for the good of the company. Organizational development is more focused on developing the employee's potential and on bringing employees into alignment with company values and goals. Unlike human resources, organizational development would not deal with issues such as timekeeping, benefits administration or paid time off unless restructuring those elements would contribute in some way to employee and organizational development. Research and data Rooted in behavioral science, organizational development also draws from other disciplines such as anthropology and sociology. Organizational development is research and data-driven and focuses on influencing employee behavior for the betterment of the employees and the company. Human resources does not attempt to influence employee behavior beyond ensuring that employees are compliant with regulations and properly trained. In general, HR does not draw on psychology and similar fields to change behavior in the way odd does. Where HR relies on law, regulations and manuals, odd looks at research on human behavior. This commitment to data and analytics is embedded enough in odd that a professional in the field would be unlikely to initiate significant change without gathering data first. Approaches to change and solutions to issues in the workplace would also draw heavily on data-driven research. Supporting Culture and Values According to an article in Forbes, organizational values are an often overlooked but critical element in a company's success. One way to understand the difference in human resources and organizational development is to look at the different ways each discipline would communicate and uphold those values. For example, a company might want to show a strong commitment to diversity and to preventing harassment and discrimination. Human resources might approach this by revising its employee handbook, ensuring that there is a reporting system in place that encourages people to report harassment and discrimination, and by looking at how the company recruits. Organizational development might approach the same goal by looking at how the company culture could be changed and how managers could be better trained to support those values and communicate them to employees in various ways. In some organizations, these two disciplines may be more closely intertwined than others, and some companies may have people who are HR professionals also working with principles of odd. However, both at their core and in their main concerns, human resources, and organizational development are two related but different approaches to maximizing employee and organizational potential. The Role of HR in Organizational Development The precise difference between human resources, HR and organizational development, odd, can be hard to define. Both functions deal with people, so many professionals naturally assume they accomplish the same thing. However, there are far more differences between HR and odd than there are similarities. In a hurry? Take our white paper to go. Organizational Development Human Resources and Organizational Development, What's the Difference? Human Resources At its conception, human resources professionals were primarily concerned with the efficient management of the employment process. Though their duties now extend far beyond the processes of recruitment and termination, this was traditionally the central duty of an HR professional. The Human Resources Department also focused on assisting the organization in complying with governmental regulations and in mitigating employment-related risks and conflict. 
Because of the nature of their duties, HR professionals in a corporation usually found themselves acting in a support role to all the other business units within the company. As a result, the HR culture seemed largely transactional, and human resources were heavily utilitarian and process and compliance oriented in their function. Historically, human resources departments were concerned with the following. Managing the hiring, onboarding, retention, and performance processes. Appeasing employment-related risks. Ensuring legal, governmental, and contractual compliance. Ensuring sufficient equity and diversity among the workforces. Developing and enforcing policies and procedures. Reducing and maximizing labor costs. Promoting workplace health and safety. Organizational development. As opposed to human resources, the conception of organizational development was founded on a need for a systematic means of applying behavioral science to help organizations improve individuals and processes. The goal of organizational development is to assist individuals in functioning better, within an organizational context. Essentially, ODD strives to represent and promote meaningful and purposeful change for a company. An organizational development professional focuses on data and research that can advance their efforts to improve an organization's overall systems and processes. Traditionally, organizational development sought to improve organizational effectiveness, while still adhering to the company's culture and values. Maximize employee potential, help them amplify their contributions, and leverage their accomplishments to further organizational success. Assess the existing processes involving people within an organization, then conduct interventions to try and create positive and productive improvement. Align individual behaviors with the company's strategy, structures, objectives, processes, etc. Help promote organizational values throughout the workplace and amongst the workforces. Blurring the lines between human resources and organizational development. While the distinctions between HR and ODD seem apparent when comparing their traditional objectives, over the past several years, management experts have started a shift in their HR practices that lean largely towards what ODD set out to do in the first place. It is not uncommon to hear the phrase strategic HR in the modern workplace. This newer notion encompasses a shift in focus towards transforming HR into a business partner that provides business solutions and strategies, not just transactional services. This outlook on how human resources should be managed has embedded itself in many companies and made the goal of a strategic HR department commonplace. Some companies have even foregone internal organizational development departments altogether in favor of strategic HR. The blurring of lines has taken place between organizational development, and it isn't likely that this shift in thinking will backtrack or remedy itself. But, is it an actual issue? Should the organizational development community worry about it, should they really push for a return to a company culture with more rigid boundaries? Human resources professionals have demonstrated that they are ready, willing, and capable of merging the functions of HR and ODD for the benefit of the company. The organizational development community could fight to keep its practice and strategies unique and separate, or ODD professionals could shift focus alongside HR. Organizational development practitioners can begin to focus on teaching, promoting, and developing the key principles and practices involved in organizational development. These are then made accessible to all types of business professionals, making it a transferable skill that is still unique to the ODD source. Simply put, Rather than striving to keep organizational development as a separate business function only practiced by a few trained professionals, 
Odd professionals can push to keep organizational development as a distinct, and recognizable, business discipline that can be used by many. The concept of strategic HR, and incorporating organizational development practices into HR efforts, is likely here to stay. The principal goal should always be to constantly improve the people side of business, and that applies regardless of which type of professionals are leading the advancement of that cause. Rather than trying to segregate things by who traditionally does what, the better course of action is to ensure HR professionals understand and appreciate when they are applying organizational development techniques to solve dilemmas, and which problems require odd solutions rather than HR solutions. 18 Techniques to Promote Organizational Development in Your Company Despite its distinction from traditional HR practices, the field of organizational development is still technical, and so too are its interventions. Organizational development interventions, also called odd techniques, are constantly expanding and adapting to suit modern business demands. The necessity of certain techniques over others depends largely on the makeup of every individual company but having a general overview of the different types of intervention is still critical if you seek to promote odd within your company culture. Human Process Interventions These interventions are the change processes that relate to interpersonal relationships, as well as group and organizational dynamics. 1. Individual Intervention This targets the individual usually aimed at improving communication with others. In this process, the individual is coached on their existing behaviors that are deemed to be counterproductive to interpersonal communication. 2. Group intervention, these are aimed towards the process, content, or structure of a group. The process refers to the group's internal practices, the content refers to what the group is working on, and the structure relates to the recurring methods being used to reach tasks and deal with external issues. Three. Third-party intervention, this type of intervention is often used when conflicts arise. Not all conflicts are inherently bad, but there do exist those that need to be resolved quickly to avoid major disruption. A third-party intervention, usually appointing an organizational development consultant, helps to control and resolve the conflict efficiently. 4. Team building, this is one of the better-known organizational development techniques. It refers to a range of group activities that help teams improve upon the overall team dynamics, for example, the way they accomplish duties and tasks. 5. Organizational confrontation meeting, this type of intervention is aimed at identifying problems, establishing priorities and setting action targets, and beginning work on the identified problems on an organization-wide scale. 6. Intergroup relations interventions, these aim at recognizing, diagnosing, and understanding intergroup relations. Like organizational confrontation meetings, problems and conflicts are identified, priorities and action targets are set, and work begins on the identified problems. 7. Large group interventions, these interventions aim to bring many organization members and major stakeholders together to organize individuals into teams. The goals of these large group interventions are to identify and resolve company-wide issues, to design new approaches to structuring and managing the organization, or to propose future directions for the business. Oftentimes, these interventions are referred to as open space meetings, world cafes, or future searches. Technostructural Interventions These interventions are the change processes that aim at improving on the technology and structure of the organizational itself. Because of today's rapidly changing and advancing markets and technological landscapes, these techniques are growing largely in popularity. 8. 
Organizational-slash-structural design, the key to how an organization functions lies in its functional structure. The classical hierarchical organizational chart is an example of a functional structure. Others can include divisional, matrix, process, customer-centric, and network structure. The key practices in this organizational development technique are re-engineering and readjusting organizational design. This means rethinking the way in which work is done, adequately preparing the organization for shift, and then restructuring the company around the new processes. 9. Total Quality Management Also known as Continuous Process Improvement, total quality management arose from a manufacturing emphasis on quality control. This technique represents a long-term effort to orient all company activities around the concept of quality. 10. Work Design All work is accomplished with the goal of achieving some sort of outcome. Jobs and their descriptions can be realigned to gear themselves towards the most efficient way of achieving that outcome. Or, alternatively, the needs and satisfaction of the employee can be put front and center. Depending on the chosen approach, different odd skills are needed, but any design of work that leads to optimum productivity is called work design. 11. Job enrichment, this can be considered a subcomponent of work design. The goal of job enrichment is to create a job that is interesting and challenging for the individual doing it. Some factors considered can include skill variety, task identity, autonomy, and employee feedback. Human Resource Management Interventions Evidence of the blurred lines between HR and ODD, these organizational development techniques focus on the way in which the individual is managed. These are the interventions most frequently used by strategic HR departments. 12. Performance Management Good performance management includes strategies such as goal setting, performance tracking with appraisal, and typically a reward systems. 13. Developing Talent This intervention method draws on talent management practices such as coaching and mentoring, technical skills development interventions, career planning, and leadership development. 14. Diversity Interventions A diverse pool of talent is the key to innovation. This includes diversity in age, gender, race, sexual orientation, disabilities, and culture and value orientation. These interventions aim to increase company diversity. 15. Wellness Interventions These interventions include the implementation of stress management programs and employee assistance programs. They address social trends and promote a healthy work-life balance for employees. Strategic Change Interventions These organizational development interventions are the larger scope ones that focus on the change processes. Regardless of the influence of strategic HR in these efforts, the odd department always plays a crucial part in executing such changes. 16. Transformational change. This is a change process that seeks to change an organization's a majority if not all systems and processes potentially impacting extensively several operational practices. 17. Continuous change, a technique that challenges companies to review and revise an identified system. A common focus is in the way in which new skill levels are strengthened or if in fact, a company is striving to become a learning organization. 18. Trans-organizational change, this technique involves employing change intervention strategies that move beyond a single organization. This includes mergers, acquisitions, allying, and strategic networking. The Role of HR in Organizational Development Organizational development has the power to dramatically improve companies and the well-being of their employees. 
For that reason alone, organizational development is deserving of consistent effort and attention by business leaders everywhere. In today's modern business market, a company ready and willing to enact change wherever and whenever necessary to respond to demands, or to improve their chances of long-term success, are those organizations that will undoubtedly sustain growth and success. Every organization must look to build an effective employee experience that helps attract, retain, and engage the right talent, and that begins when you have an effective integrated approach to HR and odd practices. HR and organization development, what is the relationship? Is it? In today's challenging times there is fast-growing recognition that organization development, ODD and HR should work together with line managers to produce sustainably high-performing and changeable organizations. But quite how this relationship should work is source of great debate. Dr. Naomi Stanford outlines key aspects of this debate and offers some challenging propositions. In particular she argues for a raising of standards in both disciplines, and flags up the need for a body dedicated to the professionalizing of ODD. Human Resource Management, HRM, and Organization Development, ODD, come from different roots. HRM's origins date back to the early 20th century when it was a largely transactional function focused on the administrative and compliance aspects of the hire-to-retire cycle. Although still concerned with the employment cycle, many of the transactional aspects of HR have increasingly been outsourced leaving the function looking much more at how it can raise its game to become a valued participant in determining the strategy and effective operation of the organization. Organization development has a shorter history than HR and has its roots in behavioral science, psychological concepts, and social and human values related to openness, trust and harmony. Typically organization development practitioners intervene to address an organizational issue, problem, or opportunity, often as process consultants. The history of the two disciplines suggests two very different agendas, personnel management, later becoming HR, concerned with the technicalities of the employment cycle, compliance, legal constraints, and getting the right skills in the right place at the right time. And odd concerned with making and managing behavioral change within organizations through the effective mobilization of employees and other stakeholders. Given the increasing need for the HR profession to act as a business partner, the question is whether odd and its methods have a part to play in developing HR's strategic role and its involvement in organizational change, organizational culture and employee engagement, or whether odd is a standalone discipline outside the remit of the HR function. The history of the two disciplines makes it appropriate to ask whether they have the gene compatibility to converge. There are good arguments from both those who feel they should remain separate and also those who maintain either that odd is a subset of HR, or that HR is a subset of odd. This article explores some of the arguments. The odd lens. All sorts of trends that are having an impact on their performance are putting pressure on organizations. For example, employment trends, in the search for flexibility organizations are increasingly offering teleworking, virtual working, and flexible employment contracts. Availability of work-related skills, expertise, and knowledge, sadly companies are finding that young people coming into the organization do not always have the social, business, and sometimes literacy skills to work effectively. At the other end of the spectrum, there are big shortages in some disciplines as more of the workforce is reaching retirement age. Social expectations of what business organizations are for, people want to be managed in a way that is participatory, transparent, ethical and accountable. They are anxious about ensuring fair returns for shareholders, but not at the expense of the legitimate interests of other stakeholders. 
Increasingly, employees want organizations to show that they are harnessing the company's private interests to the public interest. Technology advances on all fronts, every day brings a new product or service to market that need organizational evaluation to see if its use will enhance efficiency, productivity, and or performance and if so, work out ways of introducing and integrating it. Customer expectations of service and product, customers are expecting a lot more from suppliers. They want everything better, cheaper, faster, but at the same time they want a voice in how this happens. They want to know, for instance, that the supply chain is sourced responsibly along its entire length. Business education of managers and leaders, managers are now looking to apply very different skills from those of the past. They are being trained to be coordinators rather than controllers, and cultivators of individuals rather than commanders of followers. These trends speak to the skills of helping people through rapid and continuous change, involving new behaviors, cultures and social norms, all the remit of organization development consultants who frequently have a background in organization behavior. The HR Lens All the trends listed above can be addressed from a formal or policy perspective, e from the remit of a traditional HR practitioner. Take the employment trend, for example, people want the day-to-day informal flexibility to manage their multiple commitments. This means providing a range of working possibilities, flexi-time, virtual or teleworking options, possibilities of reduced workload for a defined period, during a relative's hospitalization, for example, and part-time work. Each one of these needs policy or guidance notes, payroll code work, job design and description input, manager training, and a strategy around how best to operate the many possibilities so that people get what they want and need, but so that organizational performance and business continuity are not jeopardized. The prevailing view seems to be that transformational work is of higher value than transactional work, meaning that HR practitioners feel they should move up the food chain from transactional work to transformational work. Transformational work here means being a key player in contributing to the organization's strategy, getting closer to the business, focusing less on basic HR transactions and more on adding business value. The thing is that transactional work still has to be thought through, codified, monitored and so on if the transformational is really going to make a difference. On this basis getting the transactional stuff right is not necessarily of lesser organizational value than getting the transformational stuff right, they are both required for high organizational performance. However, HR transactional work is tarred with the brush typified by the Fast Company article Why We Hate HR. One of the memorable points it made was the human resources trade long ago proved itself, at best, a necessary evil and, at worst, a dark bureaucratic force that blindly enforces nonsensical rules, resists creativity, and impedes constructive change. HR is the corporate function with the greatest potential, the key driver, in theory, of business performance, and also the one that most consistently underdelivers. A simple summary of the two lenses is that odd interventions address the soft, informal and transformational aspects of trends, while HR skills address the hard, formal and transactional ones. A new HR slash odd slash line manager lens. A less either slash or and more collaborative lens on creating successful workplaces suggests there are three parties all with an interest in the human side of the enterprise, but each seeing this through a different lens. Two already discussed are odd and HR practitioners, the third is the line manager responsible for motivating and managing people day to day. Think of the three parties as each having a particular sphere of expertise. They use the expertise either more or less independently, or in partnership with one of the other parties, or with both other parties simultaneously. 
The graphic below illustrates. Figure 1, HR slash odd slash line manager relationship model, source, Naomi Stanford, 2010. This model could be operated in one of five ways. 1. Blurred boundaries, HR and odd scene is one unit with people having skills in both consulting and HR technical areas and working in both spheres. Odd at the heart of HR 2. Deep expertise, essentially functional with HR technical expertise and odd consulting expertise seen as different and distinct in terms of skills, career paths, etc. HR people and odd people may be reporting to different unit heads. 3. Embedded, line areas have embedded separate HR and odd specialists working specifically for them, but who may have different dotted reporting lines, e.g. HR to HR, and odd to strategy. 4. Floating, line areas draw on HR or odd consultants on an as-needed basis from central pools. 5. Combination of some of the above. This model illustrates that the three parties can each bring their own specific skill sets to a given situation and address it in a way that strengthens rather than undermines each other. It does mean, however, that the roles of the three parties have to be clear, and the different skills apparent and acknowledged. In this model, in a normal business situation there is a two-way relationship between HR and line managers to ensure workforce productivity and performance and a two-way relationship between odd and HR to keep a focus on trends that could affect the supply-slash-demand of a skilled workforce. In a business change situation where a problem or opportunity surfaces that needs to be addressed at a whole systems level there is at least a two-way relationship between odd and line managers, and often a three-way partnership between HR, odd, and the line. In such a project situation it is often the odd consultant who is initially handed a problem by someone, it could be the line manager or it could be the HR business partner. There is a period of design and implementation where the odd person is working with the line manager and the HR person, if it is a problem that requires HR expertise, and at the end of the implementation phase the odd person is handing back the new state to the HR business person and the line manager which becomes the normal business situation until the next intervention is required. Implications of the model Many do not believe that odd is a substitute for good HR, but do believe that successful odd will be underpinned by positive HR practices. The question remains whether real odd insight and skills need to sit at the heart of HR if HR is to equip itself to become a really strategic function driven by a proactive response to business intelligence, or whether odd and HR are two separate and distinctive disciplines. The model implies that skilled odd consultants play a significant strategic role in helping position businesses to be and remain competitive in a constantly changing environment. The strengths HR brings to this scenario are those of formalizing the people aspects of any changes, to ensure compliance, equity, and transparency dash, yet in a way that allows for adaptation and flexibility as the context continues to change. This argues for a deep expertise approach, e essentially functional with HR technical expertise and odd consulting expertise seen as different and distinct in terms of skills, career paths, etc. in an organization where HR people and odd people may be reporting to different unit heads. From this perspective, it is not sensible or right to rebadge HR practitioners or training and development people, as odd people as happens in some organizations. Notice this rarely happens the other way round. Neither is it fair to expect people to retrain or retool to one or other discipline if it is not something they want to do. However, there is a lot of organizational and business performance mileage to be gained by aiming to professionalize and raise the standard in both disciplines. Odd, by the way, 
lacks any recognized professional qualifications or consistent competency standards, and there is no chartered institute of organization development as there is for management or for personnel and development. Operating odd and HR as separate disciplines with different accountabilities, spheres of operation and areas of expertise in the way outlined is a refreshing and energizing approach which puts the business at the heart of the odd-slash-HR combined operation, however it is structured. At this point sensible steps might be to orchestrate for odd professionalization, what body would do this? Rethink the relationship of HR and odd in organizations, and design-slash-implement appropriate structural relationships based around the model above. Either way, Leveraging the strengths of audit and HR approaches in partnership with line staff potentially paves the path to driving sustainable organization performance, but only if organizations have clear and communicable answers to three questions. 1. What can odd do for us? 2. What does successful odd look like for my organization? 3. What does HR need to know to make odd successful? This article sets the stage for developing thoughtful and appropriate responses to these important questions. 4 Differences Between Odd and HR Consulting The practice of organization development often gets associated and even confused with domain of HR. This is not surprising considering how many HR professionals move into the odd industry in various manners. Some HR professionals want to expand their professional skills and add more value to their departments. While other HR professionals see odd as the perfect launch point for a career shift or to start consulting. Despite the associations however, it is important to understand the distinctions between odd and HR, especially when it comes to consulting. Odd and HR consulting, when analyzed closely, are very different. And every HR professional and executive manager should know the difference if they want to engage an internal or external odd consultant for their organization. Here are four differences between odd and HR consulting. But before we continue, it is important to note that odd and HR consulting can be equally effective. One is not better than the other. They are simply different and serve different functions. Odd versus HR expertise. Like other management consultants in areas such as marketing, strategy or finance, HR consultants focus on the specific functions of the HR department using their expertise. Typically, an organization has a specific problem related to HR and then hires an HR consultant to fix that problem. The HR consultant then makes recommendations on what needs to change. Many HR consultants are hired afterwards to do the change work themselves as contractors. While odd is applicable in all areas of the organization, including HR, the odd consultant does not use any specific expertise in these areas to recommend changes. Whereas the HR consultant will recommend what to change, the odd practitioner would help the organization on how to make those changes. Therefore, while the HR consultant offers content and process advice, the odd practitioner would partner with the organization on finding the best way to implement the advice. Odd versus talent development. HR departments are typically the main drivers for talent development. Even if the organization has a separate talent development division, it would work closely with HR to ensure employees are learning and being trained for new skills. Ensuring constant individual and organizational learning is a definite priority in odd work. But odd is not talent development. While the HR consultant will make specific recommendations for talent development, odd takes into consideration other change factors that may or may not involve the acquisition of new skills. In addition, Many talent development systems are designed for large-scale implementation independent of how change is applied in any given organization. 
The difference is that ODD is mainly concerned with the overall systemic changes required to make any talent development program successful. ODD versus short-term results. HR consultants are sometimes engaged because of a short-term crisis. Or, the organization is looking for faster results. Another area that HR consultants are particularly helpful is when the organization is experiencing constant and immediate internal or external disruption. While many consultants focus on short-term improvements for the fastest results possible, the odd practitioner is focused on lasting systemic change. It is true that an odd program will often incorporate short-term interventions, such as a workshop, but the purpose of these activities is always for long-term permanent change. Remember, odd is considered a partnership between the practitioner and the organization. Quite often, the odd practitioner will be engaged multiple times over the course of several years for this very reason. Odd models versus HR tools. Many consultants sell HR tools. These are standardized instruments and applications that solve a host of HR problems. Examples of HR tools could be a new software, set of training materials or strategic applications that can be facilitated by the consultant. This is akin to a plumber arriving at your home with a toolbox full of proven instruments to fix common problems. While odd practitioners understand how to use tools, they also understand that sometimes the entire toolkit needs to be customized or even thrown out for a fresh start during an engagement. Every organization is unique and therefore every odd engagement is unique. This is the reason odd involves scientific process with careful design and monitoring of any intervention. Instead of specific tools, the odd practitioner will use an odd model. The difference is a model acts as a framework where the odd practitioner works with the organization to fill in the blanks, whereas the tool does most of the work for you. For example, here at Synergy Works, we have developed our own theory S Global Odd Model. Our model recognizes seven systems in an organization that need to be analyzed to help manage the odd process. It also combines Chinese and Western principles to address odd for global organizations. Here is what it looks like. Theory S isn't the only model that is proven effective for odd. There are many others. The point is to understand that models are important to the odd process. Models allow assessment, analysis, and evaluation of an organization's unique context and needs before tools are considered. Are you considering a career or more professional development in odd? We hope this has been helpful. Feel free to connect with us if you would like to learn more. Odd versus HR. It is important to say that there is much debate and a range of views relating to the differences between ODD and HR. In many organizations, ODD is combined with the HR function, with the head of department or director having a dual role and title, as in head-slash-director of ODD and HR, and vice versa, while in others, the HR department has a strategic role which implicitly, but not explicitly, includes ODD. Some believe that HR and ODD are gradually merging, while others see them as necessarily distinct and different disciplines and believe that merging them is positively unhelpful and can lead to conflicts of interest. For the purposes of this topic, I have attempted to provide a traditional explanation of difference, based on historical research and writing. Human Resource Management HR management, as opposed to development, is associated primarily with the more traditional personnel-type functions, most of which tend to be characterized by specific and sometimes very detailed processes, legislation and regulation. Most of these processes have been designed to ensure that things run smoothly for the organization, while at the same time ensuring that people get a fair deal, are adequately rewarded, have the opportunity for personal development, 
are happy and motivated at work and are well-managed. These processes include recruitment and selection, employment legislation, the development and management of the employment contract and associated legislative acts, codes and regulations, pay strategies and mechanisms, appraisal, performance management, including capability and disciplinary processes, HR systems and databases, compensation and benefits, appraisal procedures, talent management and a whole array of other processes and functions. As discussed above, modern, strategic HR has begun to address many of the issues with which ODD was historically associated and uses, as its starting point for the development of HR policy and strategy, the strategic goals and plans of the organization. Arguably, though, the difference that still exists today is the basis of each individual discipline. Organization Development Organization development, as seen from the history section and definitions, is, at its very core, rooted in behavioral science, psychology, sociology and anthropology, and is concerned with applying that knowledge to help organizations develop and improve. There are few odd processes that are bound by legislation or set in stone because the majority of such processes are custom designed to meet the aims of the specific odd strategy. The starting point for development of an odd strategy is always a system-wide diagnosis, including at least a review of the organization's mission or purpose, vision and values, to ensure that the direction of travel agreed following the diagnosis is aligned and consistent with the purpose, vision and values. Ongoing debate. It seems likely that the debate is set to ramble on for some considerable period of time and, as strategic HR progresses and HR comes to be seen as more and more of a strategic and necessary function at board level, the boundaries may very well continue to blur. What is critical, though, is that ODD does not in the process lose some of its independence of thought and application of the knowledge of behavioral sciences, the understanding of which significantly benefits the organization and the people within it. HR Magazine, Defining ODD, What Is It and Is HR Doing Enough? Confusion abounds about what organizational development is, who should be doing it, and why. What's this ODD malarkey I keep hearing so much about lately? The question might be asked casually enough, as an HR professional sits down to browse the web or flick through a textbook or two. It might be their opening gambit to a group of other HR practitioners. What will greet them is likely to be anything but simple though, and could leave them feeling more than a little overwhelmed, if not slightly sore of head. It's how the constituent parts of the organization relate to each other and create the conditions for improvement, in a directional way, or by understanding the system well enough to allow it to grow more organically, says membership director at the CIPD David D'Souza, a former odd practitioner himself, in response to this question from HR magazine. He adds, that's a really long definition, which is part of the problem. There's about 50 different definitions of organizational development, concedes Linda Holbeck, adjunct professor at Imperial College, former research and policy director at the CIPD and former director of research and strategy at Rafi Park. It depends on the different schools of thought. This, as D'Souza alludes to, is partly why still nowhere near enough HR people have a good handle on what organizational development, odd, is. Odd capability is still the missing skill for HR, says Paul Sparrow, emeritus professor of International Harm at Lancaster University Management School. Some of the larger multinationals have trained their HR people in odd, but it's still relatively few. While a few plucky HR professionals will have cottoned on and sought out relevant personal development in ODD themselves, or will have benefited from landing in an HR department wise to the power of ODD, they're still sadly in the minority, agrees Holbeck.
It's never been seen as core to CIPD qualifications for example, it's been an optional extra, she says. So you've got this generation of people for whom their understanding of how to bring about change in their organization, how to shift the employment relationship, how to build the foundations of employee engagement, is not what it could be. It's never been seen as central to HR. This could prove even more of an issue in today's operating climate and wider socioeconomic and political environment, according to many. If there was ever a time to become highly skilled and odd now is apparently it. Which also explains why the term may be making it onto the radars of previously unaware and uninitiated HR professionals not least in the form of a new set of professional standards being launched this month by the CIPD, to rectify the situation bemoaned by Holbeck and many others over the years. A complicated history. So what exactly is odd and why is it increasingly important for HR? Confusion and obliviousness around odds still reigning in HR circles is perhaps unsurprising given odds illustrious and long history. Most people don't realize that the discipline actually emerged after the Second World War, explains Holbeck. Many of the leading thinkers were German Jews caught up in the Holocaust, people like Kurt Lewin, she explains. They came away from those appalling experiences thinking, how did human beings come to do these things to one another in such a mechanistic way? So a lot of the language around odd is understanding how mindsets develop. There's been tons of odd stuff happening, mostly in the States, from about 1946 until now. Holbeck adds that people involved in odd were typically not HR people. They'd be strategists or anthropologists, or system engineers. HR didn't arrive to the party until the 90s, in recognition that major restructures kickstarted by globalization and outsourcing hadn't worked so well from a people point of view. So HR got interested in odd quite late in the day, when problems started to occur with things like low morale and lousy productivity. The awareness started to build around the importance of engagement, but also how you have to think about what else might be happening in the organization that might affect this, says Holbeck. For her good odd is about, working largely with groups but not just with groups to help them develop new understandings, new behaviors, new ways of relating to each other and the business, such that they're able to help the organization succeed. This isn't a mechanical way of working, but recognizing that all the bits of the system, whether it's the shareholders, executives or resources, have a knock-on effect on the work and the people delivering that work, she adds. That's why the field of odd is pretty vast and can become complicated. Because it pulls in things like business strategy, the environment, the pressures on businesses, and adopting new technologies. Dealing with political uncertainties like Brexit. For Gervis Busha, Professor of Leadership and Organization Development at the Beattie School of Business in Vancouver, it's about ongoing improvement, development and learning. What it's not about is simply managing change. One of the things that happened in odd in both the US and the UK was that in the 80s when other competing techniques for creating great teams and organizations appeared, like lean manufacturing and process re-engineering, odd began to be increasingly identified with change, he reports which was unfortunate in the long run for odd because that in many ways created the lack of clarity around what it is. Odd is a never-ending process because the situation keeps changing and any solution to a problem creates a new problem, so it's a dialectical process, he adds. It's always ongoing if you're doing it well. The capacity to learn and perform at the same time is a big paradox. But at the core of odd is engagement and inquiry. That's how we create learning in the midst of performing. Odd and complexity. Which is ever more important in today's climate, asserts Busha, as the world becomes increasingly complex we need leaders that are increasingly complex.
That's one of the reasons Odd is re-emerging and gaining more profile. It's this recognition of the need for human development past the stage that was effective for bureaucratic organizing, to ones that are networked and more organically run. Executive Vice President and Group HR and Comms Director at Skanska UK, Harvey Francis, who came to HR through falling in love with Odd, agrees. In this VUCA world the complexity of what people are facing is so much greater than even 10 years ago, he says. And you've got different generational approaches now that turn approaches to the world of work on their heads, it changes the balance of power between the employer and employee. Paul Taylor Pitt is Assistant Director of Organizational Development at NHS Employers and led the creation of a movement called DOAD, designed to help NHS odd professionals connect, share, learn and grow. He points to an evolving health landscape and changing demographics as drivers for the rise of odd within healthcare. The population is changing so we're having to move from a fix and cure system to one that supports people to look after their own health and manage their own conditions, he says. And the change is more constant. Unfortunately elsewhere, even among HR practitioners who are familiar with the term and its tenants, and even among some who have this in their job title, many aren't doing what others would perhaps term proper odd. I think there are many HRDs who've inherited the odd responsibility but still struggle to know what it is, says Steve Benfield, chief executive of the Institute for Organizational Development, which was recently given government go-ahead to become the professional body for odd. Indeed this new institute itself has attracted criticism from some for not practicing the field according to its true, perhaps more complex, roots. Just as people often conflate odd with change, there's still much confusion within AHR about what the organizational part means, laments Mian Cheng Judge, founder of Quality and Equality and long-standing scholar-educator practitioner in the field. A lot of people think they're doing odd but they're doing it without the O, she points out. They have elements of odd and even embrace odd values. But there's no strategic content. So you've really engaged people with the change but you haven't investigated what needs to change from the customer's point of view, you haven't benchmarked the competitive position of the organization. She adds that there is still a worrying level of confusion between odd as denoting organizational development, and odd as organizational design. Indeed the CIPD's been criticized for focusing chiefly on the design side of things. HR people are being trained just in organizational design, which is quite sad to me because that's only a subset of organizational development, says Chiang Judge. HR is then tasked only with putting in the structural elements like job descriptions, new reward mechanisms, and new performance management systems, explains Holbeck. While those do affect people's behaviors, she says, it creates a disconnect if no thought has been given to wider organizational development, meaning people are often put into structures but not given the skills they need to do the new job, or not communicated with very well about what they're meant to be contributing. When is odd strategic HR? As to why it's taken the CIPD so long in some people's eyes to embrace such a potentially valuable discipline, and to move away from the purely design side of things, D'Souza responds, it's not feedback I don't recognize. But he adds that the organizations made great strides and part of that learning has been that the best L&D solutions come as part of a systemic solution, and the best HR solutions do as well. Whether that's been recognized as a discipline over the past few years is less important than the fact we now recognize that it should be at the heart of every professional standard, he says. Which means the body is completely updating its profession map so that eventually all materials, training and support will be geared around these new odd standards. But what many HR professionals might find themselves pondering as they learn more about these new standards, 
and indeed in relation to all of the descriptions of true odd above, is that all of this sounds uncannily similar to what they, in line with the evolution of the wider profession over recent years, already do day to day. Professionals sitting at the strategic end of HR should already be heavily focused on how every element of the organization interacts in complex ways, and on ongoing, continual change and improvement. Holbeck agrees there may well be many skilled HR professionals practicing odd without necessarily knowing it. Many of the things we take for granted as normal stuff, like team working and conflict mediation, are odd things and they've been around so long people don't recognize them as part of the field, she explains. There are a lot of people doing HR work where actually what they're doing is odd, we just don't call it that, agrees Lancaster University's Sparrow. The question becomes, at what point does odd stop being a center of excellent specialism and to what extent does it become what HR does as HR at its best? Muses Marika Kazimir, Director of Organizational Effectiveness at Inmarsat. So discussion of the importance of odd in HR is perhaps analogous to those wider debates rumbling on for several years on the emergence of the function into two distinct disciplines, the transactional and the strategic sides. This is very much how the HR department is now split at Inmarsat. You always need that hard side, but in combination with the development and change management processes and systems, to ensure the business can meet its competitive needs, Kazimir says. What I've noticed over the past say 5 to 10 years of my career is that the generalist HR role is changing. It's no longer about the transactional anymore. But there is still a difference for many between impressive, strategic people practice and HR consciously and deliberately informed by odd. The chief difference, explains former Time Incorporated HRD Leslie Swarbrick, is the very conscious approach taken by an odd practitioner to realize the complex interaction between the self and the group, and as part of that the impact of what the odd practitioner themselves might be bringing to any given dynamic. It's really very intentional, she says. Everything you've done you need to know why you've done it. I don't mean by having a set plan, you have a loose structure and framework and it kind of emerges and evolves as you go. And it's the idea that you not only think about the technical information, but also what you're putting into the mix. Because even if you're an outsider, to a group or organization, you're bringing something in. So you better know what that is. You're a bit like a divining instrument in an organization, says Vanessa Williams, course director for the HR Business Partner Skills Program at Rafi Park. You learn how to use the data that comes to you through your senses to work out what's going on in the organization. Her colleague, course director of the Organizational Development Practitioners Program at Rafi Park, Cindy Cox adds, you need to understand your own triggers so they're not having an impact without you knowing, and so they're not having an unwanted impact. Then you can understand what's your reaction, and what's actually sitting in the room, so it's separating the oil and water. Learning the ropes. All attempts to upskill an odd must be strongly informed by this element of self-awareness which has inevitably been a large part of the problem when it comes to HR professionals developing their capabilities. Learning a new technical discipline, even a very academic one, can often be done on a course or by delving into the literature. But gaining odd capability is necessarily more involved, explains Busha. It's about being able to step into a high-anxiety situation and not get caught up in the transference taking place, being able to notice your own anxiety but not get caught up in it. And that's not something you can learn in a classroom, he says. Good odd people have done deep experiential learning, not just textbook learning. There's that commitment to personal growth. People will gain much more from job shadowing, working with an odd professional who works with a business, and then next time doing it themselves, 
feels Kazimir. That's probably a lot more practical and useful to a lot of HR generalists than training courses. There's probably no substitute for actually doing the role, agrees Martin Dicker, former director of people and learning at the Prince's Trust and now founder of the pod consultancy. When I got the role at Fairtrade, in 2011, initially I was just HRD, but then we were going through massive change and so what was expected of me was a lot more on the odd side of things. I was fortunate to be trusted to cut my teeth on this stuff at Fairtrade. This did also involve a fair amount of in-depth reading and studying, and taking a course, in Dicker's case. Indeed being part of a carefully crafted group experience on a training course can be an important part of learning by doing, says Cox. That's where the group itself becomes a laboratory for learning, she says. We're using models and theory but bringing it to life in the room. There's knowing about odd, but there's also feeling about odd and having immersive experiences. Books are also still a really good way to learn this stuff though, adds Kazimir. And I think sometimes we don't read enough in HR. What HR must potentially be wary of when immersing themselves in odd, however, is the role of the consultant in all of this. The danger is that less reputable consultants, with one particular way of doing things or tool, will roll this out regardless of whether it suits the context, says Chen Judge. We've seen a complete resurrection of the tendency to want tools. But with the world getting so complex you can't rely on tools and formulas anymore, she says. The danger is that anyone can call themselves an odd consultant, adds Busha. This issue is also, says head of organization development and research at Allianz Richard Cotter, that consultants often end up doing the doing, something that sits at odds with building capability in all relevant stakeholders, who are the ones best placed, because of their in-depth knowledge of the organization, to implement change. To say there are problems with consultants doesn't mean they don't add value, says Cotter. But if you allow them too much scope they undermine your credibility. If you're constantly outsourcing you're not developing those skills. This approach from some consultants is particularly dangerous because, for odd to be truly effective, these skill sets must be embedded throughout the organization, much less likely if portioned off to one external troubleshooter. If you have an HR business partner model they all need to be senior HR practitioners, asserts Dicker. Otherwise you end up with business partners dealing with changes and one lone odd person saying that's not right, that won't work. Although I don't expect them to be leaders on it all, my business partners have had training on this, concurs Carrie Smith, Director of People and Organizational Development at the British Heart Foundation. We do expect them to be internal consultants to see where odd is needed. Inmarsat has taken this a step further. The business has odd champions in a range of functions. They're not HR people, explains Kazimir. Because if you just do it from an HR perspective it's probably never going to do very much. I can come up with wonderful frameworks but it has to resonate in the business. Making odd accessible. To come back to the naughty issue of defining odd, this is where HR and odd professionals will need to think very carefully about how to make it resonate with colleagues. There are so many theories and models and that puts chief executives for example, off, says Smith. That's where you need a light touch and to find a language that works for the audience. Alliance's Cotter stresses the importance of making odd accessible. If you're practicing odd you don't have the luxury, if you can call it that, of tossing around different definitions, he says. You've got to hang your hat on something that's practical and inclusive. Because I think one of odd's problems is it doesn't sell itself very well. Odd has to be economic within a commercial entity. Our definition at the NHS is we're about enabling people to transform systems, says Taylor Pitt. 
So it's a one-sentence definition but it took us a while to get there. It depends who's asking what the definition is. If you take it a level deeper it's about behavioral science, the amplification of humanity in organizations and systems. But ultimately it's about helping the organization achieve its goals. In some situations selling the commercial or operational necessity of odd to a senior leadership team won't be the issue, however. One of the main drivers behind a rise in odd, for Francis, besides the quickening pace of wider technological, economic and political change, is that more CEOs are becoming alive to its power and demanding this expertise from others. The other thing driving the change is more informed CEOs and boards, who are recognizing that they need odd because the old ways of working just aren't cutting it anymore, says Francis. Which means that some HR professionals, persuaded of the value of odd and keen to upskill, may sit in organizations with significant odd capability already and perhaps a distinct odd function separate from HR. Too much debate regarding where odd should sit and who should own it. But for Rafi Parks Cox the ownership of odd is possibly a bit of a red herring if we're interested in organizational effectiveness. I think we can get in our own way a bit when we think, we must retain this, we must defend our territory and make sure we get there first, she says. Holbeck recommends that if someone else is already doing odd, HR should take this as the starting point for their own learning journey. Work alongside those already doing it, she advises. She adds that HR folk not doing this could be left behind. Again it boils down to wider debates around the profession's future, and whether it seizes the opportunity to contribute strategically or it is relegated in some quarters to administrative obscurity, feel many. I would argue that if HR doesn't start to move in that direction then ultimately, as has happened in some corporations, it's odd that sits on the board not HR, says Holbeck. HR people have to really notice the carriage is starting to move out of the station and jump on the train. Issues of HR influence aside, Many would point to the danger of odd not being done effectively if HR isn't a significant stakeholder. The danger is that non-HR people might not have some of the underlying knowledge on the people management side, asserts Sparrow. Operations people might not realize how what they're manipulating could create all sorts of behaviors and side effects. Time to do odd. So the time for HR to seize the mantle and become part of these conversations, if not lead them, is now. Odd's recent resurgence, or rise to even higher prominence, in HR circles is only going to pick up speed. The need for really smart, expert odd intervention is only going to intensify. Odd is an idea whose time has come, asserts Cotter. It started in the 50s, 60s and 70s and died off a little, and now it's coming back. The world has always been discontinuous and there's always been change. But I think it's now more complex than ever. What is needed, urges Chiang Judge, is sustained focus from HR professionals to continually keep these skill sets sharpened in front of mind. It's like anything. If you don't teach Rolls-Royce engineers from entry point and keep giving them excellence training regularly it will get lost. She sounds a hopeful note around achieving such a sustained focus, we are seeing the efforts of 12 years ago, with the NHS odd plan for example, she says. So it is trickling through. But people leave organizations so we must be vigilant. A hugely important part of sustaining good odd in the NHS for Taylor Pitt has been forming the Do Odd group not just as a space for learning, but so practitioners can support each other in what is ultimately a demanding discipline, and one that doesn't always gain the recognition it perhaps deserves. A few years ago people were feeling isolated, they were having to sustain their own energy, he says. So we've been working together to give people a network to grow, and to create resources that the community needs. 
The ultimate reward for those HR professionals that do keep these skill sets polished and core to their practice is a much more effective and fulfilling career, feels Francis. It's the bit that gets me out of bed in the morning. Because it's the bit that makes the real difference and ultimately is how we will help organizations survive, be sustainable and deliver returns for shareholders, and also make somewhere a great place to work and develop a career, he says. It ticks so many boxes in terms of creating a healthy sustainable organization. And if that's not a persuasive call to arms to do odd we don't know what is.